Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, episode 903, as we continue to look at Snowfall Season 1, episode 8, Baby Teeth. Um, just a quick recap of this episode. Franklin's business increases with a uh, Franklin business increases. It causes a rift within the crew. Betty continues to protect and look out for Aunt Alejandro and Lenny. Remember him? Lenny strikes back. Strikes back. So, themes of this episode. Family Feud. We saw, we see two organizations going through a bit of a, going through challenges that, that come with running drugs and crack, cocaine and what have you. But in different places. They're in different places uh, as, you know, in Franklin, in Franklin and his crew in the beginning. And of course, the Villanoa Waivers who are supposed to be veterans, but are going through some of their issues of their own. We will, we will flush those out during the uh, deep dive. So, yes, let's get to the deep dive organizations. So, now I've watched season one, I don't know, countless, I don't know how many times I've rewatched uh, Snowfall, at least, at least three or four times and watched season one. Uh, I'd, I'd really never thought about the contrast of the two organizations during the time that I watched it until this particular episode. You see Leon, uh, you see Franklin, Leon, and Kevin. Business is booming. They hit the jackpot with the crack that they got with, uh, with, the, uh, with the crack that they got from, um, from Swim in Oakland. Um, and Again, they they are seeing the the benefits of uh, of the uh, of the crack business from that standpoint. Also, seeing some of the trials and tribulations that it can cause, and uh, you know, we'll talk about those as well. So, their growing pains are natural. Those, you know, these are three teenagers who, frankly, they really don't know what they're doing, learning as they go. Uh, with Franklin being the in the uh, de facto leader. We contrast that to the Villain Waivers. Now, the Villain Waivers have been in the game a long time. Like, forget about, forget about Pedro, forget about Lucia. Let's just look at, look at their parents. <laughs> like, their parents are older, especially Lucia, especially uh, Lucia's uh, father, who is dying. And look at Pedro's dad. They've been in the game for a minute. Like, we're talking, you know, I would guess at least. Talking like 20, 20 to 30, 20 to 25 years, at least, minimum 20 years. And they're going through a transition that is really self inflicted and really coming from within uh, in regards to what's transpiring with Lucille and uh, Lucille, Pedro, and Oso. So we see again, we see these two organizations trying to deal. Um, Trying to deal with the challenges that comes with running uh, running a drug organization, and also trying to deal with the challenges that come from that come from dealing having to deal with each other, whether it be through a sibling or whether it be through friends who really don't know what they're doing, who are learning on the go. Um, now, you probably rather be if you had to pick an organization, who you would rather be um, without even thinking about what's going to happen in the future. Of the or of this show, you probably would have to lean towards Franklin and that organization, considering that their mistakes are, you know, again, their mistakes are 
they're making mistakes that you know you you see made all the time by young drug dealers or young organizations that are trying to develop versus an established organization that really shouldn't be making the mistakes that the villain the waivers are making. Uh, we'll talk more about that um, during uh, during the best scenes. But I really, I mean, I really thought that I really thought that um, for the first time. That I saw, that I rewatched this episode, this episode in this season. That I, I never thought to compare those two organizations as they were, as you know, as they're developing, or as they are, through, especially in season one in particular. Um, so it really, really stood out in this particular episode as uh, we see Franklin and Leon and Kevin experience their real first taste of uh, prosperity and success. That seems Leon, Kevin. And a junkie, and a junkie. So um, they come back from Oakland. They cut up the crack, um, and Franklin decides to give out free samples to get a, you know, to see how to how to basically as a tester. And we, I mean, we've seen this in the wire with with, with the testers and what have you, free samples to get a, a sense of how strong and how potent or the response that the junkies are that the uh, junkies are going to have to the um, to the crack. So Leon and Kevin, of course, are the soldiers. They are assigned to give out the one, give out the crack. Uh, and you see a situation where uh, a junkie is so addicted that he tries to steal. Uh, he tries to steal one. Like there's a couple of scenes. One scene he tries to steal uh, all the all the crack, all the crack from uh, Kevin. One one leg of Kevin's shoes. One leg of Kevin's shoes. And Leon had to get him up, get him off him, and despite again, the scene was fun. It was funny, but it was also just showed you, showed you, just how addictive, you know, this stuff was. Like <laughs> he was grabbing, was, I mean, he's getting beat up and, and grabbing at Kevin's shoes at the same time as Leon is beating the shit out of him. Then you had a situation later on, which caused a rift between with uh, within the crew, where a junkie tried to uh, a junkie tried to stab Leon. That was that was, that was shown off screen. They didn't show that that particular scene. You saw and you saw blood on Leon's shoes. So we in this episode we see how addictive that it became. Uh, that the crack epidemic hit with L.A. and we saw how why Franklin was so excited coming off the last episode um, in terms of the vision that he had in terms of the money that they that was going to be made. He know he has a top product. It was just a matter of distribution and how an organization in terms of how he's going to get this stuff um, put, put out to the community. Jerome, Franklin, Louis. So Jerome, so Franklin tells Jerome about his idea. He wants to keep it within the community. Um, tells them, gives them the numbers in terms of saying they, they would be making seven figures. Says they go, instead of the $10 bag, nickel bags, they'll be selling them for like $50. Uh, they'll be uh, selling for uh, not fifty dollars, not fifty dollars, but they'll be making basically ten times as much as they would with the uh, dime bags. No, because Jerome is reluctant, but does give in somewhat to Franklin. And says, you know what? I'll you know I'll pass out the samples. They shake hands, and as soon as Franklin leaves, Louis just goes right in. She basically says he's going to do it regardless. Uh, Franklin is going to. Do this with or without us. She convinces Jerome, telling him this, telling him this story of her just wanting more. And again, this is the genesis. This is the beginning of you know Louis being Louis, like the Louis that we saw at the end of season six. 
this it it started out with this particular season and louis you know jerome says hey don't we have a nice life here you know don't we have a nice life we live in a house on you know he owns his own house which is big you know you know which is big for a black man in, in la even in the 80s um but he says that final word says hey it's not enough and louis you know louis basically with that story that she tells about you know how how she had dreams you know, uh, dreams in terms of dance and things like things of that nature, uh, basically says no, it's not enough. In essence, doesn't say doesn't directly say that, but her body language and basically she talks to Jerome into saying into uh, into believing in Franklin's idea and going through it. Um, again, this was a this was a scene that pretty much uh, we will be a recurring theme over the it's going to be a recurring theme. As we go through these seasons, these episodes and through these seasons, where you see Louie as a driving force behind uh, Franklin's ideals and Jerome giving in. Lucia and Ramiro, so coming off the hills of last episode, where Ramiro, uh, where Pedro clearly told Ramiro about uh, about Gustavo's part in the business. Uh, you see Lucio, you see Ramiro discussing uh, a garden with Lucio. He tells the story about how, you know, this used to be our playground and he replaced that with a guard. And she immediately, um, after he discusses about, after he talks about picking up about the future of the business and the direction that it's going to go in, she immediately begins to pick up, she immediately picks up on the fact that uh, Pedro told uh, told her, told Romero about uh, Gustavo's part in the business and she, they, she says uh, they have a conversation. Um, he tells her, you know, as long as you don't tell Gustavo about this conversation, we're basically good. And they have another conversation that we that, that is seen off screen. So at this point, there's like zero trust. There wasn't great trust between Lucille and, and Pedro and to begin with, but I do think Lucille had somewhat of a soft spot for Pedro from a standpoint of, of like she treated him like I guess I would the, the comparisons I would use is Michael and Fredo. Like, hey, we know he's incompetent, but he is still my brother. Uh, I'm gonna take care of him. I want to make sure you know, you know, Dad, would, you know, Papa would want us want me to take care of him. So she does. She did have that kind of attitude towards Pedro, despite Pedro's incompetence and despite Pedro being being weak but when she finds out when she make when she comes to the uh when she finds out that pedro went to his dad she clearly she has zero respect at that point she has no respect for him and that relationship you basically that relationship will never be the same like that that, that relationship is done he doesn't trust her she completely does she doesn't trust him and we'll see how that goes moving forward but i like i I can't say it was, a, it was a bad move by Pedro um, because his father is the head of the organization and he is his father. And, you know, if he doesn't tell, if he wouldn't have told, uh, told him about him, told uh, his father about uh, Gustavo, eventually some way, somehow, his father was going to find out about Gustavo's uh, part of the business or maybe he should, or maybe he wouldn't have found out. I don't um, I'm not going. You know, I'm not. I wasn't a fan of the, of the character Pedro per se, but I, I can't knock him too much for for making this move. Um, 
it was, you know, it's the safe, it's kind of a safe move. Um, but we're going to see, there are going to be some ramifications for this move as we'll see uh, moving, moving along throughout the course of the uh, of, of this of the series. We'll, uh, we'll see how this, certainly see how this plays out. But this was a definite, big, this was a big time, um, they are, this was a big divide between those two. They, they have never been as divided as they, as, as we've seen throughout the course of this season uh, in terms of Pedro and Lucille, and we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Leon and Franklin, so Franklin, following the fight uh, that uh, Franklin has with Leon, and they had a fight earlier in the episode where uh, Leon was complaining about getting almost getting stabbed by the junkie that has blood on his shoes. He wants Hazard paid, then Franklin starts comparing you know, what he went through compared to what Leon goes through and says, says basically, I've been almost killed twice and what have you. So they get into it for a real, you know, little kerfuffle. And uh, well, actually, outright fight, tussling, what have you, and Kevin breaks it up. So following that, Luhan goes to Franklin's house to apologize. Um, he doesn't know, of course, doesn't know that Lenny, of course, who we know was raped a, a few episodes back uh, by Carvel, was waiting, is was waiting, waiting for him. He shoots Leon off screen. Franklin sees um, as Franklin comes home. Franklin does, doesn't does not see Leon's radio, which was on the porch, but but sees Leon in his backyard as he sees clothes uh, on the clothes hang on the clothes hanger on the ground. See, goes to Leon immediately takes off his shirt to, to apply pressure on the on the wound. Shoots the guy shot in the torso, and then goes to call the police. But this and this is how this is why Leon is the number two, uh, clear number two in the organization. He does have to play despite being shot. Does have the presence in mind to tell Franklin go hide the crack. Franklin immediately in a panic, go hide, go packs up all the crack and hides it in in, in Melanie's uh closet, and that's of course how the episode wraps up. Um, MVP crack, the MVP of this episode was crack. It, it uh without question, um, you see the effect that it had on the community in this episode in particular. It had to, in regards to the junkies, um, and in regards to everybody, and how it's going to affect what these characters do and how these characters move forward. Um, you know, will be uh, life changing. We see, you know, with Louis, Louis sees her opportunity. Franklin sees his opportunity uh, in terms of what what moves can be made with with it. So, Crack was the MVP of this episode. Uh, as far as the Teddy part of this uh, Teddy Mac Alejandro storyline, um, it actually it actually was entertaining. This episode, I actually didn't mind it as much as I, as as past episodes. We know how complicated that storyline is. Uh, Teddy takes Victoria, who's obviously looking for the girl that Alejandro killed. Christian, he takes her uh, and throws her off track. By high, by getting you know by going to this club, they get drunk. Uh, Teddy and this is this is how devious Teddy is. Teddy purposely throws up on somebody, gets beat up, has to go back to his apartment, and then has and then has the then he had already made the phone call to one of the CIA operatives to go to the house that Alejandro and Logan were in, where the girl was killed in the first episode, and throws to throw. 
Victoria off track uh, as one of the operatives, one of his CIA partners that he works with, uh, that he knows clearly, says, you know, hey, if you don't, if you don't leave, I will uh, call the cops as they were trying to break, as they were trying to uh, break into that uh, to that house. So at this point, Teddy thinks that all is good, all is well in terms of throwing Victoria off, uh, Victoria off the scent. Off the off the uh, off tracking down Christian um, Christian, and you have a situation where Alejandro had to go back to uh, had to go back as the as his camp, which his wife is at, got hit. Doesn't know doesn't even know if his wife is still alive. So he had to go immediately back. Uh, he had to go back uh, over over the, you know down to South America, and um, to have Teddy taking care of business stateside. So uh, this particular episode, I did not have a problem with. At that that storyline per se, you know Teddy dancing in the club and it fit in. You know it didn't, so I don't think it threw off the episode. But the main part is the main focus of this episode were the contrasting styles of of a up and coming organization, drug organization with Franklin Saint, Jerome Louis versus an established family organization that could be headed for some troubles within within. So. That was the main sticking point of this particular episode. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, episode 902. Episode 902. Uh, we will be back next time with, excuse me, episode 903. We'll be back next time with episode episode 9, season 1 of the hit series, epic series, Snowfall, So Long.